You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you are not an authorised financial advisor, you may find the content of this podcast difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. You should also be aware the information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. We're all familiar with the concepts of transfer balance cap and total superannuation balance as they've been around since 2017. However, it's easy to get the two confused as they have both similarities and differences. So today, we thought we'd run through a common scenario to provide an example of how the two are calculated and what the differences are. And we'll also take a look at an interesting reversionary pension issue, which causes a lot of confusion when it comes to dealing with these two concepts. I'm your host, Craig Day, head of the First Tech team, and here to talk to me today about total super balance and transfer balance cap and all the differences and similarities is Kim Guest and Tim Sanderson, two of my senior managers. G'day, guys. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. How are we all? Yeah, yeah going, going well, raring to go. Excellent, excellent. Oh, well, let's get straight in. Okay, so Kim, I'm going to start off with you, lucky you. As I mentioned in the intro, the transfer balance cap and total super balance have been around for over five years. So these should be pretty familiar with most advisors. But what we do find is a lot of people get confused and mix the two up, especially considering the two concepts interact with each other in certain situations. So to start us off, could you please give us a brief reminder of how the two concepts work? Yes, sure. So let's start off with the transfer balance cap first. Um, So as we all know, the transfer balance cap, its purpose is to limit the amount that people can transfer into retirement phase income streams. Um, And so to do this, uh, what they do is they measure um, the net amount that is transferred into retirement phase income streams through the person's transfer balance account. And then they compare that transfer balance account to their personal transfer balance cap. And if they exceed it, then they have an excess. Um, so the best way to think of the transfer balance cap is that it's just concerned with the initial amount that is transferred into retirement phase income streams. It doesn't care about accumulation phase. It only cares about the purchase of retirement phase income streams. Right. So that's transfer balance cap, but then we have total super balance um, and it has a different purpose. Its purpose is to measure the total amount that somebody has in superannuation and that includes accumulation phase and retirement phase income stream. So it's quite different to the transfer balance cap. So total super balance is measured every 30 June and it's used to determine whether somebody has access to a number of super measures, including whether they can make non-concessional contributions, including under the bring forward rule, and whether they can make catch-up concessional contributions. Okay, so as you said, the transfer balance cap is only concerned with retirement phase income streams, but total super balance includes both accumulation phase and retirement phase income stream balances, right, or values. So does the fact that both of these concepts include retirement phase income stream cause advisors confusion? Yes, it does definitely cause confusion because the way that retirement phase income streams are measured is can be different for transfer balance cap purposes and for total super balance. So okay, so let's balance. start with 
sorry, sorry. Let's start with transfer balance cap. Okay, so when we're measuring retirement phase income streams for the transfer balance cap, we're generally looking at that initial purchase price of the income stream. For example, if someone has got an account-based pension, we'll include the purchase price of that account-based pension as a credit in their transfer balance account. And then that amount does not change, doesn't change if investment earnings happen, doesn't change if they have pension payments. It's set at that initial purchase price. There's also other types of income streams like cap defined benefit income streams. Um, Most of your defined benefit pensions are in that category. They are also included, but they have special valuation rules, which are based on the first payment. So, for example, for a lifetime defined benefit pension, the value is normally the annual first payment times 16. And this amount is then a credit in their transfer balance account and it doesn't change even if the annual payment gets indexed. It's just set at commencement at that um, that initial value. Now, there is an exception, of course, to ones that started before all this transfer balance cap stuff happened. So if it started pre-1 July 2017, then they valued them at 30 June 2017. Um, but for all the ones that started after then, it's generally that value at commencement. Okay, so you mentioned the transfer balance cap is concerned with the initial amount used to commence a retirement phase income stream and whether that's something like a, a cap-defined benefit income stream, a lifetime pension, we, we annualise that first income payment um, and then multiply that by 16 is the calculation. But what about if they make a lump sum withdrawal from an income stream, obviously from an account-based pension because we can't do that from something like a complying income stream, but what happens there? Yeah, well, because the transfer balance account is trying to measure the net amount that has been used to purchase retirement phase income streams, if they do make a lump sum withdrawal, then that's actually a debit from their transfer balance account and it does reduce the balance um, that counts against their transfer balance cap. Okay, so so that seems fairly straightforward, at least to me. Um, so what about total super balance? How are income streams included when we're measuring a person's total superannuation balance? Because this is where it gets a little bit confusing for people. Yeah, that's right. Um, This is where it's a bit different to the transfer balance cap. Um, So if you just remember that total super balance is trying to measure the total amount that they have in superannuation at 30 June, um, when we look at, think about an account-based pension, we want to measure the balance of that account-based pension at 30 June. We're not concerned with what was the initial purchase price when we're working out their total super balance. We want to know what's the account balance of that account-based pension at 30 June. So it is quite different to how it works for a transfer balance cap when you're looking at account-based pensions. Okay, so but what about other types of income streams, such as, as I mentioned before, defined benefit pensions? How does super balance get included in the 30 June balance there? Because, you know, there's not an account balance. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's um, The short answer is that you can't because you can't find out the 30 June account balance for a defined benefit pension because it doesn't have an account balance. So what they do there is they they just use the same value that they used for transfer balance cap purposes. So that initial amount that they calculated, which was, you know, the annual payment times 16 at commencement, that value that counted for transfer balance cap purposes, they also use it for total super balance purposes because they can't have an account balance at 30 June. So so they use that value instead. And that can be quite confusing um, because, you know, on the one hand, you're using the account balance for account-based pensions, but you're using the initial transfer balance account type value for 
the defined benefit type pensions. Yeah, so it is confusing because, you know, you've got you've got the two different concepts, but one of those concepts includes values that come from one of the other concepts. That's <laughs> so, right. Yeah, that's right. I, I always think of it like, well, they can't strike an account balance for a defined benefit pension, so that's why they don't do it that way. They, they have to use another value, um, and so they use the transfer balance account value. Okay. So... So in practice, do you want to just reiterate how that works? Yeah, well, basically what they do is that um, they count the amounts, they look at the transfer balance account value and they use that value towards their total super balance, but then they ignore any credits or debits that are to do with an account-based pension and add back the 30 June account balance of that account-based pension. So they sort of start off with your transfer balance account amount take out everything to do with an account-based pension and just add back the account balance of that account-based pension. Okay. And I think that applies to term-allocated pensions as well, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So it's not all complying pensions that we use this special formula for, although no, actually, well, sorry, I shouldn't say that because term-allocated pensions do have a special formula for transfer balance cap purposes, um, but we use their account balance for total superannuation purposes. Yeah, because they're an account-based income stream. Okay, so that makes sense that they would ignore any credits and debits for account-based pension because I guess they would be double counting if they included them as well as the 30 June balance. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so the end result is that the amount that counts for the transfer balance cap purposes could be quite different to the amount that counts for total super balance purposes, particularly if we have an account-based pension or money in the accumulation phase. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly right. All right. Okay. Thanks, Tim. Uh, thanks, Kim. <laughs> you're too similar, you two. Um, so thank you very much, Kim. Now, Tim. We're moving yes. on to you. Okay, so let's look at a simple scenario of someone with, say, I don't know, $200,000 in accumulation phase and um, $300,000 in account-based pension, and let's compare the differences between the transfer balance account and total superannuation balance values. Okay, thanks, Craig. So if we start with transfer balance account first, it's going to be the initial purchase price of that account-based pension that counts. So if we go back and assume that they purchased that account-based pension for $250,000 a couple of years ago, then it's going to be that $250,000 that is the credit and that counts for transfer balance account purposes, and that will still be the case now. Okay, so the current account balance and the money in accumulation phase do not count for transfer balance count transfer balance cap purposes. Correct. All right. What about their total super balance? Well, for, so in contrast, for total super balance purposes, we're concerned with the total amount in super as at 30 June when we need to measure it. So we need to know the account balance in their accumulation account and also the account balance of their account-based pension at 30 June, which in this case was 200,000 and 300,000 respectively. So their total super balance is $500,000. Okay, so their transfer balance account is 250, but their total super balance is 500. Yep, that's right in this case. And as we can see, the values can really be quite different. 
Okay, yeah. Okay, so obviously it's going to be important to get accurate balances and, I don't know, I guess the best way for advisors to confirm these amounts is to get the client to look at their MyGov account? Yeah, that's right. So if clients have access to um, ATO online services through MyGov, that can be a good way to see what the tax office is showing for these values. But it is important to check that that info is correct. Um, We have had a number of cases where the information is either incorrect or incomplete. Or in the case of SMSS, there can be big delays in when that info is reported to the ATO and is therefore corrected or updated uh, through that portal. Which I guess is part of the reason why the ATO is moving to this quarterly reporting for all SMSS for, for transfer balance cap purposes from 1 July next year to try and cut down on those delays. That's right. So it certainly should um, minimise the delays in updating certain information on yeah. uh, on MyGov. Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. Um, okay. So let's now move on to reversionary pensions. So this is an area that can create confusion for total super balance and transfer balance cap purposes. So let's start off with transfer balance cap. How does a reversionary account-based pension count for the beneficiary? Yeah, it's quite different to starting a a normal account, a new account-based pension. So for transfer balance cap purposes, there'll be a credit equal to the value of the account-based pension at the date of death that's going to count towards the beneficiary's transfer balance account. But it's not going to count until 12 months after that date of death happens. Um, And that delay is really designed to give the beneficiary Who's, who's just been kind of given this or reverted this pension, some time to adjust their affairs um, if it's necessary so that they can stay within their transfer balance cap and not have an excess transfer balance. Yeah, and I suppose to, to understand that, we really have got to understand that a reversionary pension automatically reverts to the beneficiary that's been nominated, assuming that they're an eligible, eligible beneficiary, of course. But what that essentially means is that on the death of someone's, you know, normally their spouse and the reversionary beneficiary nomination kicks in, um, then they would automatically get a, a credit towards their transfer balance cap. So, you know, you can imagine the, the letter coming from the ATO, sorry to hear about your spouse's death, here's an excess determination for your transfer balance cap. So obviously what they're doing there is giving those, you know, that 12-month delay is all about giving people to rearrange their affairs if they need to do so. So that could be potentially commuting some of their own benefits back into the accumulation phase or, or withdrawing them as a lump sum, depending on what they want to do. Is that yeah, right? that's right. Could involve commuting back to accumulation or cashing out of, of some of their own super, for example. Okay, so for transfer balance account purposes, there's a 12-month delay. But what about for total super balance purposes? How does the reversionary account-based pension count towards the beneficiary's total super balance? Does it count? Uh, Well, as we mentioned before, total super balance looks at the total amount they have in super at 30 June. And if the client is the beneficiary of a reversionary pension, so it's now being paid to them and it's reverted to them before 30 June, then that account balance will be included in their total super balance at that 30 June calculation. Yeah, and this is something that actually catches not so much advisors but a lot of clients out because they think of that pension of their, as their spouse's pension. It's it's not their pension. Um, and so they get quite surprised when all of a sudden it's counting towards their caps and balances and all these sorts of things. 
Um, and so, but we do need to realise that, yeah, where a, a pension reverts, it becomes part of the reversionary beneficiaries' superannuation benefits. So therefore, it's going to count. So um, even though it doesn't count for transfer balance cap purposes, for total super balance, it's going to count as at the next 30 June after it reverts, because from the point of reversion, it's it's their pension. That's that's exactly right. So yes, there is a 12-month delay in it being credited to the beneficiary's transfer balance account. Um, but for total super balance purposes, it will count at the next 30 June after it has reverted. Um, and this can obviously cause confusion as people often assume the 12-month delay applies both for transfer balance cap and also for total super balance purposes as well. Okay, so we've run through some pretty straightforward examples here, but obviously some clients are going to have much more complex scenarios. So where can an advisor get more information if they need it? Yeah, well, to start with, we have the First Tech Super and Retirement Income Streams Guide, um, and we've got a, a separate chapter on both the transfer balance cap and also total super balance and covers that in a lot of detail. Um, we've also got some specific articles and frequently asked questions documents um, on both of those things that can assist. Um, or, of course, you can give us a call at First Tech. All right. Great. I think that about covers it all. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Craig. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to the First Tech podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during the podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be accurate and reliable, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited and Advantius Investments Limited accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.